Hi, I'm Beth Fuller, and you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast. I know the world can feel intimidating or scary at times, but I'm here to tell you it doesn't have to be. Through the lens of food, we can learn so much about one another, celebrate our differences, and maybe eat some tasty food along the way. Are you ready to do this? I know I am. So let's go on a food adventure together right now. Hey everyone, you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast. I'm your host, Beth Fuller. This, this is episode 17. I had to think about that one for a second. Oh, before we get started, don't take notes. I took the notes. Go to my website, elizabethrfuller.com. Do you want to work together? Let's do it. Hit me up on the website. Do you have questions for the podcast? Do you have culinary things that need to be sleuthed? Let me do that sleuthing for you. Send me an email. Let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com. Follow me on Instagram. Let's go on a food adventure. DM me. Tag me. Do all the things. All right, let's get started, you guys. So today's episode, we're going to focus back in on health. It's something that I am always have in the forefront of my mind. Um, Not always, I shouldn't say that, but it's definitely something I strive to do every day if it's not just a little bit of self-care, meditation, making sure I get outside for a lot of fresh air and exercise and walks. I also work with my trainer, Kristen, who's going to be on the podcast today as our guest, which I'm so pumped about. And when her and I were originally talking in episode three, we both realized that There was so much more we wanted to expand on with our health conversations, and you guys actually had a ton of questions, maybe because spring's in the air, maybe we're all trying to get rid of that COVID body weight, maybe we're just trying to get into a better frame of mind from COVID fatigue and everything else, but I loved your questions, and so Kristen is like pumped to be on again and answer all of them. And so today we're talking a lot about health and how to just dip our toe in, dive on into the health pool. I mean, a little bit of everything. And like I was just saying, for me, health comes in to a lot of different aspects and ways in my life. It's not just what I'm putting in my body. I mean, that's that's a huge part of it. But it's also like, am I getting enough sleep? Am I you know, working on my emotional health. Am I, you know, exercise is another big part, but it doesn't need to be, for me at least, super vigorous. But am I moving my body in joyous ways throughout the day? Like there's so much that goes into it. And it's something that I put a lot of energy and emphasis on because I feel like when I'm at my healthiest and doing things that I love, my world and everyone around me gets affected by it. Just as the opposite, if I'm in a black, dark hole of desperation and depression and spiraling downwards and, you know, want to just seriously implode and blow up my world, well, then everyone around me is going to be affected by that too. So I also take that into consideration. But I put a lot of energy and emphasis into me into myself, into my body, into my world, because, you know, in this, in this world, in this planet, it's a very small blip of time that we're all here together. And I don't know, I want to be the best version of myself that I can be. So whether it's going to therapy regularly, whether it's getting outside, like I said, and taking a million walks, I almost don't want to say the word 
W-A-L-K because somebody's laying on my feet. And when I say it too many times, Oliver thinks that we're going for a W-A-L-K. So <laughs> thank you for letting me spell that for everyone listening. So anyway, I think we're just going to bring on our guest. Yeah, let's do it. Kristen. Kristen is an accomplished training specialist who does so much more than just air quotes, help you get fit. She offers incredible love, support, and customized programs for all of her clients and their personal goals with fitness and nutrition in mind. She offers training sessions in person, at her studio, and even at clients' homes, and virtual classes with killer playlists that I can attest to doing twice a week, sometimes more. She, <laughs> she's so much more to me than just my trainer, though. She's been such a good friend for the last 25 years and someone that I love so much and is so near and dear to my heart. So please, please give a warm round of applause and welcome to my dear friend, Kristen Scontras. Hey, lady, how's it going? Good, how are you? Good, she's back. Woo, just hands. You should have started with like the the scary movie from Star Wars, the scary music from Star Wars, the dumb. Oh, stop it. I'm just going to rain on some parades today. Oh, hell to the no. You are, and I said this to you the other day, one of the most popular podcasts in my top five. So Kristen was on episode three. We only scratched the surface in talking about healthy things. And turns out you guys had a thousand questions that you wanted answered about healthy things. So Kristen is back. We are going to deep dive on all healthy things and kind of just get right into it because we have a shit ton to talk about and we have a shit ton of your questions to answer. Now, you and I were talking the other day and we were talking about how so many things outside of our daily sphere influence us on our food decisions, whether we know it or not. And I mean, we're talking like family. How did we grow up? How did we eat with our parents and with our family members to getting super fatigued with decisions we make all day. And then we start scrolling on social media and all of a sudden those goddamn tasty videos pop up or a restaurant showing an amazing food. Now I didn't want a cheeseburger. I didn't. And I had the willpower three hours ago, but now I've been working all day and I'm like, that looks pretty damn good. So I think we need to, we can dissect this little by little, but I think we should start in the beginning where we all started, which is family and how our family really influences our food and the togetherness and like ties in that emotional piece. When we're talking about healthy, making healthier food decisions, how can we kind of almost reprogram ourselves a little bit from what, and unlearn some of the, the habits that we learned at such a young, impressionable age? It's a big, it's a huge question. Uh, I know, I know. So, I mean, some of it, some of it you, you might not necessarily be able to reprogram, but some of it, as with anything, it's, it's small, it's way small steps, little things. And I think it sort of starts with maybe getting your, trying to get your family on board in a small way. Like you can't, if you know, if your family loves, I don't even know, like pick like taco night, like you're not going to be like no more taco night, lettuce cup night, you know, that's not going to come together, (laughs) but maybe you can convince them to change it from ground beef to ground turkey. I mean, that's just a tiny example, but like the little tiny tweaks that will add up over time where you still have the thing that you do together that's family oriented, but it's 
just slowly inches you closer to, I mean, cause we've talked about this before, like mm-hmm. when you're trying to eat one way and everyone else is on a different page, it's, it's, it can be really challenging uh, and you can't pull people onto your page. So small. No, that's a, yeah, that's a good thing. And like, this leads into another question or dilemma. I think a lot of us face, especially, and I don't want to pigeonhole women in this, but men, uh, air quotes, a lot of men have a little bit easier time when it comes burning and metabolizing food. Mm-hmm. And so they can not eat what they want, but they, they just have a, a slightly easier time sometimes than us women do. And so a lot of women, especially in relationships, when you are either married or you have a partner or even roommates and you want to eat one way for your health goals and your partner doesn't. And, you know, there's only so much willpower one has when there's Cheez-Its in the room and you're eating them or they're eating them and you're staring at them. And like, you know, you know, a good cheesy pizza bunny bite. I mean, we talked about this the other day. So (laughs) I'm sorry to call you out. No, it's pizza flavored cheddar bunnies. They were delicious. I don't regret them at all. No, No, you had like a little pizza bunny trail from he found one in the hallway he's like who's this i'm like i don't know i must have missed it <laughs> <laughs> so how do you how do you navigate that like you i deal with it all the time my husband eats whatever he wants and i really am trying really hard to re- you know release this weight and there's only so many times a day i can say we're not getting a Buffalo chicken calzone tonight. I'm sorry. We're not, you can do that, but I'm not going to do it. So mm, stop asking. It, it's that it's super challenging. It, it's a huge, and I think a lot of couples deal with it. A lot of families deal with it. Um, there, and there's no, there's no awesome answers, but there's a couple things you can do. Like you can kind of set your boundaries and, and, and not in a, a mean way, but like, you know, your partner wants to be your partner. They want to be on your side. If you approach them and say, like, I'm really trying to do this thing, they're going to get on board at a minimum for you. And maybe if you're lucky, they'll jump on board for them too. And that might take longer and it might not happen. And that's okay too. We're all really at the end of the day, have to eat for ourselves. I mean, we have to do literally everything for ourselves, but in the food arena, you know, you can, just tell them clearly, like, I I need this, you know, this is this like, and, and, you know, like I love sweets. It would be really hard to, to watch Tom eat sweets every night and just be like, I can't have those. I can't have those. That's going to last. I can't, I'm going to murder you. Yeah, exactly. I just wouldn't, it wouldn't last. It wouldn't, but no, when, when they know that you're really pushing for something, I think, you know, whether they're like just rooting for you or by guilt, who cares, whatever way it gets you your result. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's one way to do it. The other is, you know, when it comes down to it, especially around meal times, you know, if your husband wants the big cheesy, what did you say? Calzone? Buffalo chicken calzone. It's his. Oh, well, I mean, how can you fault him? Uh, I know, I know. I love him too, but I think sometimes the compromise is you eat a sliver of that calzone because you get a taste of it, but the rest mm-hmm. of your meal is a big old salad. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's either compromised or like you can, and, you know, and the days might be like a little bit of all of those. Like you set your boundaries and you're like, I'm in my lane, you're in your lane. And then the next day is like, Oh, well, what's, what's like a quarter of it? Like, cause again, we have to live life. We can't, 
those things are going to be everywhere. Mm-hmm. We can't avoid them forever. I mean, we could, but it would be a little boring. Yeah, totally. For so sure. there, it's just, it's a matter of that. And I think a lot of times though, when you express to your person, I'm trying really hard to do this thing, they get on board. And if they don't like you, you make your other plans to, to, to navigate around it. It's almost like a, I don't want to say self-preservation, but to some extent, you know, it's your goals at the end of the day. So to work around it, you do what you got to do. Yeah, for sure. And I agree with you. And I think as in with any relationship in, on any level, communication is absolutely key and being upfront and honest with your boundaries and what you need and your partner, your roommates, whomever needs, if they love you, they'll respect that. And they'll, mm-hmm. and they'll come and support you in some way. So the other thing, and we're really just talking about my own personal triggers is social media. <clears throat> and I get FOMO and I get FOMO is real, man. And like, I also get the, if I'm seeing someone eat something that I want, then it kind of makes it okay for me to eat it, even though I probably shouldn't eat it because I'm like, well, they're doing it. Why can't I do it? It's there's, it's really, you say that there's studies that actually show that, um, you know, all of us, this is a little alarming, Mm -hmm. but if we see that our friends are eating a certain way, especially pertaining to social media, that we in turn, we're like, well, that's how we're supposed to eat. And we start eating that way. And it can go both ways. Like if all of a sudden your feed, everyone's like big leafy green salads and chickpeas, <laughs> you're like, oh, all right, well, I'm gonna do it too. <laughs> Subconscious, disturbing, right? But it, so it, wish. it's, they, they say it's a thing. I read a study on it recently um, for fear that I would have nothing to talk about on this podcast, actually. Oh, uh, stop that, it. That that suggested that, and I was like, "Well, that's alarming." Um, but the like, I've thought of a few things that might help to alleviate that. Yeah, like there are some things, and actually, there's something that I saw on social media that I'm I'm actually really excited to try. Mm. But you're gonna have to plan for it, like see it, and then make it an event. Like I saw, you know how they're doing the. I don't want to do this one, but they're doing the like feta pasta bake thing. Oh, like, yeah. it. Yeah. I don't want to do that, but I saw one that does hummus. Ooh. And you make like a creamy hummus and then you uh, stir in angel hair or whatever pasta mm. you like. So I saw that and I was like, oh yeah, I'm going to try that. Cause I was mm. mind rolling and I saw it and then I started craving it. But mm-hmm. instead of just committing to it that day, I just added it to my grocery list on my meal prep side, like the dinners that I'm making. I don't know, like I haven't told Tom that he's going to eat hummus pasta yet, but I'm not, <laughs> he won't even hear this until like however many weeks from now. So by then he won't even know. Yeah. Um, I love it. That's awesome. So I, okay. And then like you probably then moderation of the week and say, all right, if I'm having hummus pasta that night, then maybe I'll do like a better salad for lunch, a smoothie exactly. or whatever. And then like, exactly. yeah, you, so you plan it out a little bit better. Okay. Yeah. yeah it's hard to work through these triggers. So that kind of leads me to a topic you and I were going to discuss today, which is diet culture. Mm. And this is so important because we see so we are like, with social media, so influenced by not just our friends, but then these celebrities who, who fill up our feed, like Adele, like Rebel from uh, Pitch Perfect. And, oh, yeah. Yeah. And like they look, right. And they look, even Ross, I love Ross Matthews. I love me some Ross Matthews. My God, does he look amazing. I don't know how he lost the weight, but holy crap, he lost like 100 pounds, I would guess. Amazing looks amazing so but you see like it looks like it was so effortless on their part which it wasn't but with diets like what should we take 
and what should we leave? Um, so with all, I know, see. I know this is a big so, tip of the with, iceberg with the diets with all these trendy diets with, um, juice cleanses, yeah. uh, anything that has a super restrictive phase to it, where you two weeks, you eat whatever, leave it. Just leave it, leave all of it. The answer is at the end of the day that every single one of those diets have been shown. Yeah, they might be effective and they might be effective for a year, but those, you know, when you start to reemerge back into regular life, there's the rebound and and there's more science to support this, like tons of it to support that these diets don't end up working and you end up regaining that weight plus an additional however many pounds. Mm-hmm. And it kind of does a number on your metabolism. It does a serious number on your metabolism. And it's a lot of work to get the body. Uh, there's a lot of research to support that dieting, um, almost they've proven it, that people who have been consistently dieting for a lot of their life, food tastes better to them. They think about food than regular, like non-dieting people. They think yeah. about it all the time. Yeah. They've shown that people who diet consistently end up going into like food-related careers. That's how singularly obsessed we become with eating because we've taken it from our life. Yeah. There's, I hate to say it. There's no great short answer. The truth is like, take the long road, eat a little tiny bit less, work out a little bit more and just be moderate, make moderate, good choices over the long haul. The short answers end up being the long answers and they don't end up being the answers you want or need in the end. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Where's the pill? Is there a pill I can take? Okay. So then we're going to kind of do a lightning round fasting yes no no (laughs) eating after 7 p.m good or bad oh that's that's like a naughty yes or no like if you haven't eaten all day because you work 12 hours you get home you're starving have dinner you know i mean is it good to go to bed uh you know with not a full stomach like you know ideally you want to eat before seven and go to bed at 10 so that you're not stuffed like your body has a whole thing it has to do at night you know your stomach has work to do your brain has work to do let it do it, you know, like don't bog it down. But if you have to, if you're starving, then you got to eat too. Yeah, totally. And I mean, as long as, so say in the perfect world, you'd probably want what three hours to digest before you go to bed. Give or take. Yeah. You know, we're not food scientists. Like let's, if you could cap it at seven in a perfect world, then that would be great. If you're going to bed at 10. Some sure. Are or you could have been 11. Yeah. yeah. If you're up and you've been moving, like if you're, if your day starts later and goes longer, that's, yeah. that's like, yeah, you know, Okay. Snacking good or bad. It's good. <laughs> Snacks are great. So would you rather, you know how, like it came out a lifetime ago where instead of eating three meals, it was five, I think, or seven small meals mm-hmm. a day. Do you think that's a way to go? Or do you think people don't understand what a small meal looks like? Oh, uh, I think a good question, right? Snack. Yeah. I think people don't know what a regular meal looks like. A small meal looks like, I don't, I'm pretty sure people, I don't know if everyone knows what a snack looks like. And I, I don't hope that doesn't sound condescending. Cause I'm not no, like, true, oh, I don't. what yeah. I'm trying to say is, um, you know, if seven small meals a day works for you, that's great. If three big meals work for you, that's great. But if you find in the three big meals that you eat breakfast at seven and by 10, you're hungry again, a little 200 calorie snack is great because it just gets you to lunch. Mm. But you have to keep in mind, like a little 200 calorie snack is maybe a piece of fruit and a little, not even a handful of almonds or a handful of all, you know, yeah. it's portioned out. Like a little cup of yogurt with some fruit in it is probably roughly 200 calories. It's super easy to blow through 
Oh yeah. It, 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 200 calories looks like nothing when you, when you really like nothing measure it out. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know if that's a tablespoon of peanut butter. I might be like a banana no, and like, what, I, you could have a small banana and a tablespoon of peanut butter. And that's yeah. 200. I'm like scary good at the numbers. Yeah, I love that. The only thing I can do with numbers is calories. No, I think that's great. To me, any diet that I've ever done where I'm counting calories, when I see that I eat it. And then for some reason, my mind is like, oh, you're really, you could really eat more. Cause you visually look at it and then you feel the restriction of the 200 number. And you're like, oh, I can't eat more than that. But you're like, oh, but I want it. Ooh, where's some almonds? Oh, now we're up to 4,000 calories. Look at yeah. that. Well, there goes the week. Um, <clears throat> so you and I had, we were talking about a few things. And one of the things we kind of talked about was, and this is more about women. So I said, I wish we as women were told at a younger age that working out was more for like getting stronger and finding more confidence and muscle instead of trying to be thin. And that nutrition was more about being nourished and doing it for longevity and health instead of being skinny. I'm doing air quotes around those words. Mm -hmm. how, how can we shift our mindset to this? Because it feels like as we get older, it's much, much harder for us to change. It, it, it is. Um, but it I is. wish like people would focus in nutrition, would focus on those facts because women were told, well, especially you and I, we grew up in the eighties the and nineties and like heroin chic models were the, were the thing we saw in every Calvin yeah. Klein ad, like everywhere. And these androgynous creatures were so scary thin that like, that was the definition of beauty when we were at these, you know, impressionable teenage years that are being a candy raver, you know, in New Jersey. So <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you can't say everything. It didn't really matter. We were like, Besides the car, you could be whatever you wanted under there. No one would even know. You could be three penguins thrown together and no one knew. Oh, yeah, good Nashua school system. So yeah. um, what can we do now to try to slowly shift our mindset? Because it's really all about reframing, right? Like, Yeah, I think to some degree, um, I think the first thing to understand is that those models or a lot of models, they're, they're, they're young and their bodies haven't come to, I mean, maybe they're 20, but you know, a 20 year old body is not a 30 year old body. You go through some shifts, your metabolism changes and they look young. Like, you know, as a 41 year old now, when I see a 20 year old, I'm like, you're a baby. Oh, yeah, big time. Like they look young Yeah, and that's not like, they don't look like adults to me. No. So part of that is realizing that we're idolizing young people and we're sure. idolizing things that aren't even, you know, they don't even get to keep that body forever. That changes for them yeah. too. And you see it as some of them get older mm -hmm. when they relax and they're able to actually eat again. Um, as for accepting it whew, within ourselves, I mean, it's a hard process. It's, it's something sort of like, I think now, lately I look around and I see, you know, younger women doing a pretty great job of that, accepting yeah all kinds of things that I, I just wonder where that came from, how they got there. Yeah. And I sort of wonder if they're collecting, I think this a lot, that they're collectively the generation that's like enough, enough of all this. I so hope so. Educated thoughts, I'm moving on. Yeah. And they like snap free of it somehow. And that's fantastic to see. And I actually take some liberation from that of watching mm. them do it. It's pretty empowering. And then I don't know about you, but there's some weird luxury to getting a little bit older where I'm like, yeah. I work hard on my body. You know, it is what it is. I fit in these clothes. I eat this food and look all right, whatever. Mm -hmm. And just, 
you can only carry the weight of it for so long. You can yeah. only carry the thought of caring, truly like caring what you, now I'm doing air quotes and no yeah. can see um, <laughs> what you look like for so long. Like it, yeah. it sort of shifted into like what you feel like. Like when I put my clothes on and they feel all right, it just valuing how you feel in your body or maybe shifting and trying to acknowledge what your body can do for you versus mm-hmm. what you think people might be looking at. Mm-hmm. And I think, and this, I guess it's a little like not inappropriate, mm. but you know, at the end of the day and you are alone with your person, they're not like, Oh no, thank you. You know, like they're, yeah. they're all in, they don't see half of what we see in ourselves. Mm-mm. So it's just, it's, it's, it's work. It's mm-hmm. just, it's, everyone's going to be on their own path on that, but it's, it's a lot of work to just kind of like release some crap, you know? Oh yeah. Big time. Yeah. And I agree with you I, I, with age comes the grace of being like, I don't give a fuck. I yeah. don't care anymore. And like, for, and it's so sad for so many years. I was so obsessed with what I ate, how I ate, how I looked, wanted to be, I always wanted to be different than how I looked, but you know, then you realize when you look back at photos and you're like, holy shit, I look good. And mind blowing. You know, like <laughs> I should have appreciated that tush then. Now, come Even on. now I look around and I'm like, there are so many different kinds of beautiful. There are yeah. so many different kinds of fit. There's like, yeah, there's, it's such a bigger scope. Yeah. And you're right. We did come from like the Kate Moss generation where they were tiny, tiny women. Scary. Some of them, most of them were dead. In general. Yeah. And now I look around and it's, it's, we've come a long way in that regard, which is pretty exciting to see. Um, but it's, I wish I had an easy answer for that one. That, that, that yeah. one's just like a little bit of digging and a little bit of making peace with yourself. I agree. And just acknowledging like the work you put in every day is good. You know, you work hard on your body. And it yeah. gets you up every morning and it moves you forward and you pick everything's up and you put them down and you don't fall over. If you lift your leg off the ground, like you've, those things mean something. And they're going to mean even more as we get older. Like, you know, I don't feeling when I'm 80, I'm not like, Oh, my red hair is not red anymore. I'm probably not going to care. I'm going to be like, thank God I'm still standing here. And no one found me naked at the bottom of my back. <laughs> Stop! Just with exactly. the brush, just standing there, like where, where exactly. <laughs> and a donut in the other hand. How did I get this donut? And why do I have a toilet brush? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> this is a great segue for our next topic. Oh God, <laughs> I love you so much. What does <laughs> what does a healthy diet look like to you? A toilet oh. brush and a donut it's, it's moderation. It's, you know, it's, it's doing as good as you can. I don't mean good as in like only good foods. I mean, like as good as you can, as balanced as you can, but making room for the things that you really enjoy. Like I like, we have a Friday night treat night in our house and it keeps me on track most of the week. Like I don't blow it. Hold on. Is your Friday night treat night still the same treat as before? It, we try to change it like every, every <laughs> what is it now tell me now um, so last week was tom's birthday and our anniversary so we had a giant cake that we ate all week like mm-hmm. loads so much cake so we didn't have a friday night we had like a thursday through sunday Perfect. treat weekend but this week i don't know what it'll be yet but it, you know i try to do small batches of things so that we're not left with all weekend because then it's not treat night anymore Fair but enough. usually like brownies like single batch of brownies you mm-hmm. know like um four servings or two giant servings, little batch of cookies, little six inch cake, sometimes some, you know, ice cream to go with it. Yeah. No, that's awesome. 
how would you describe your diet? I would describe it as, you know, moderation, moderate, doing the best I can. I have days that are good. I have days that are like, oh, got to do better. But any days that, you know, the, the meals have a decent amount of vegetables in them, I feel pretty happy. Mm. And you don't beat yourself up if you eat something that is not air quotes, like healthy. No, enjoy it. Enjoy yeah. it and move on. Yeah. You know, the, there's some, I don't know what you call it, but there's some like heaviness involved in that. Like if you eat something and it's not good for you, mm-hmm. you know, then, you, then the, the guilt cycle starts. And I just feel like that leads to just a cycle. Like you're like, well, the day's blown. I might as well just like finish the whole container yep. and that gets you nowhere. But if you have it, you enjoy it and just let it be and move on. Yeah. Just- and then I also feel like nothing's forbidden. So when there's like the forbidden foods or foods are viewed even as special or something like that, then you look at them like, oh, now it's like, I really want, like you almost crave for me, at least I almost crave it yeah. even more totally. if it's like wet paint, don't touch kind of thing. And I'm like, oh, finger right in the wet paint, you right. know, and I, I feel that like you just said, nothing can, should be off the table, but just enjoy it when you're having it because then that craving will be satisfied and then you can move on. And you don't feel it's not, it doesn't, yeah, it, you can be satisfied by, and it doesn't have to be this almost binge like Mm -hmm. mentality around it. It, And Mm -hmm. it doesn't create this mental food scarcity in your mind. Like, you know, it's there, you can have some of it and, and just, and I'm not saying that's easy. I know that like, leaving sweets out on the counter for me would be not great. You know, if I walk by cookies, I'm going to eat cookies. It just is what it is. Yeah. And some people can do that. Some people can walk by the cookies all day long and that's amazing, but I don't have that. Mm. So I come away and I pull them out for the time when it's time to have them and enjoy them while they're there. And then I put them away. Mm. See, I can walk by the cookies. I have some in my kitchen from last week and I walk by them all day long no problems, but it's right. Like after a certain time at night, then I'm like, Ooh, those cookies. They're like, Hey, Beth. Bored. Hey, Beth. Oh yeah. Bored out of my mind. The second I get bored, I just start eating 120%. Um, what are some of your favorite healthy habits? Favorite healthy habits. Mm -hmm. Um, well, habits are an interesting thing because they take a while to build. Yeah. A couple of weeks. Something that I'm consistently like decent about is um I think it's a good habit to have healthy snacks in my bag you know like I am never without food because I'm not great when I run out of calories at all so um, I try to be prepared always like that's something I had to learn the very hard way and I don't mean like I got cranky I mean like my blood sugar dropped and I was like 100 percent, and you almost black out and you're like I need to eat something yesterday yeah so what are some of the snacks you keep in your bag um, so right now I have dried figs, which, you know, there's, yes, they're sugary, but they're also filled with some minerals and they're, you know, they were a fresh fruit once. Um, I like, I have, uh, these dark chocolate salted almonds, Ooh, or there's these hot honey walnuts that are really good, really good. And it's a small pack. So, you know, you're not going to get that far on them. And then I get I don't mind protein bars. I'm not anti-protein bar. I usually eat half at a time and they hold me over, but I try to get ones that are closer to real food, have some real ingredients in them. Yeah. But I don't think RX bars. Do you like those? 
Yeah, I don't mind those at all. I mean, yeah. they're really chewy. Like your your jaw gets a whole workout. You might burn the calories just eating them, but they're they're in a pinch. I think um I've been using, I think they're called like Go Macro bars. Oh, I've seen those. Yeah, yeah, and they're and they're like hundred percent actual food with chocolate. I like that. So you know that's a win for me. Yeah. Right. Um, what are a couple of your, we, you mentioned some before, and then when the ones you mentioned now, I'll link on the show notes, uh, your, some healthy new recipe ideas, even simple uh, ones, simple ones, doesn't matter, uh, whatever you want to do. Okay. So one of the things I've been really utilizing a lot lately are, um, sheet pan dinners. Ooh. So you take, it can be done anyway, but I've been doing chicken thighs, which they're not the end of the world. They're nutrient dense. You can I have love them. chicken thighs. They're in there, yeah. I mean, chicken breast too, but you would maybe have to cut them down so they were a little thinner. They cooked evenly, and uh, the little tiny potatoes and broccoli, and then mm-hmm. you roast it all at four twenty-five for maybe twenty minutes. Take mm-hmm. it out, all in a bowl, tablespoon of pesto, instant dinner. Ooh, protein, carb, fiber, veg, a little yeah. bit of fat. Checking all the boxes. I love that. Yeah, and it's easy, mindless, but still healthy, quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I mean, that's what, cause, and I think a lot of us, and we don't necessarily acknowledge it is decision fatigue is a real thing. And by the time you reach dinner, you have made so many choices and decisions all day long, whether you're realizing it or not. And by the time you get it to that point at night and you're so exhausted, you got to give yourself a break. So to have like some kind of plan like that, where, you know, okay, I've got, and you and I are both really good about making meal plans mm-hmm. and like, we don't, always stick to them necessarily but we know loosely an idea of like five or six recipes with a fun one or takeout option thrown in during the week that then we can refer back to our list and be like oh I did have pesto chicken thigh sheet pan oh okay yeah I can do that yeah and actually that probably could add on to the healthy habits list having a plan even if you just Mm -hmm. jot down your grocery list, like this, this could turn into this many dinners that will save you in the long run. I think in regard that the decision, just like, um, have you ever gone to dinner or had a glass of wine and initially planned to have a salad for dinner, oh, but yeah. then a glass yeah. of wine, you end up eating like ravioli yeah. or something oh, yeah. fried yeah. Yeah. planning ahead and sticking to that rough plan saves you. Just like don't arrive at something starving. You're not going to make good choices, but the stomach doesn't demand fried chicken. It's just that you're hungry. And that sounds good. If you gave it grilled chicken with some whatever on top, it would be just as satisfied, but your, your brain has taken over a hundred percent. Your emotions have. Yeah. And like, if I'm going to eat, so say I am in that scenario and I have a glass of wine and I went in thinking I'm getting the salad and, and then I look and I'm like, oh, but I really want that pasta. What I'll do is I'll get a small salad. I'll eat it first. I'll get the pasta, but I'll make sure to only eat maybe a third of it and then box it up and take it home and then give it to somebody else because in the house, because I don't want to eat it anymore. Um, But it's like the the act of, okay, I get to eat a little bit of this. Or if I do that, the other thing, if I commit to the salad, I will always get a side of French fries and I will only eat a couple of them because at least I have a salty yeah. kind of yummy, crunchy thing to go with the healthy salad. And then I'll make sure the whole table shares in the French fry enjoyment, you know, and they're not coming home with me because I don't want leftover French fries. It's not no. my jam. No, Mm-mm. no. So there we go. All right. Should we answer some listener questions? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Awesome. 
Lauren from Instagram asks, we hear all about clean eating, air quotes. What is clean eating and how do we do it? Oh, oh, Lauren. They're kind of rough. So, you know, clean eating is what? Theoretically eating only what plant-based foods maybe, or, you know, perfectly grass-fed beef or, you know, you know, I think people kind of know what it means, but it's not, I'm just gonna say it's not attainable. It's not realistic. So I would, I'd love to see that word just go away to some extent and just think more about eating balanced you know, focusing on what you know is important, but making room for what you love. Ooh, that's a good quote. That's, that's good. Great. I think, I think, I don't know if I could really say any more on that other than, you know, yeah, just don't overthink it. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right. Lee in Texas asked a few years ago, it seemed like everyone was avoiding gluten. I don't have a gluten intolerance, but should I avoid it? No, nope, you shouldn't avoid it. Eat the gluten. Gluten-free options, if you have celiacs or you have some reason where you can't mm -hmm. eat it because it might cause inflammation or stomach digestive issues, mm -hmm. you'll need it, right? But if you don't, if you can digest it, their whole grains are super uh, nutrient-rich. They're filled with fiber. There's some protein in there too. And they're a great affordable resource. They're a great mm -hmm. affordable food. I would hate to see people cutting them out unnecessarily, especially when you really read the labels of the gluten-free products. Like oh, it's bread filled with crap. It's like white rice flour. You know, there's nothing in it. It breaks down to sugar in your bloodstream. There's no fiber in it. There's no protein. So if you don't have to, and you're happy and you like bread or you like cereal or oatmeal, which God, it breaks my heart when people don't eat oatmeal. Um, don't, don't do it. Yeah. Oatmeal is gluten-free. Most it can be, but if it, yeah. you know, you have to read the label. Right. No. And well, the only reason it is gluten-free, but it's gluten-free, but the, well, that, but I guess the way that, from what I read, the way that it's grown in most fields is that it's near wheat plants. And so because of oh. that, there's cross-contamination mm -hmm. with the wind that they can't control. So that's why, unless it that's says- Monsanto sued a bunch of com uh, farmers. No, really? Yeah. Yeah. Really? In culinary school, we had to watch a bunch, or is that nutrition? I don't know. One, a class somewhere, we had to watch how Monsanto is evil and how the crosswinds ruined farmers. Well, Monsanto is evil, <clears throat> but that's beside the point. Um, okay. Brianna in Tennessee asks, I was thinking about doing a keto diet. Is it worth it? I, I, we all know the answer to this. Is it worth it? What do you think about the diet? Um, I don't think it's a long-term sustainable answer. I mean, I've already said that. I think at the top of the hour, I definitely mentioned that I don't really, I'm not here for diets. Uh, but I, you know, yes, yes, people get results and lose weight from it, but it, I don't believe it's sustainable. And there are use cases, uh, clinical conditions where people, where they use it. And that's, that's something totally different. And there's all kinds of science to support that. But on the average user, I just say, take the long road, small changes over the long haul. Are they flashy? No. Do they work as fast as you want them to? No, mm -hmm. but you know, time's going by either way. If you do it the right way, you only have to do it once. It's so true. It's so true. Um, Mariana in Maryland asks, I get super hungry mid morning, even after I eat a decent breakfast, what should I be eating to keep me fuller longer? I have that problem too. Hmm. You should have a snack a few hours after breakfast. You yeah. It's at seven and it wasn't enough to hold you over till noon. Have a snack at 10 AM. That's okay. That's all yeah. right. Um, yeah. 
you know, or it depends on what they're actually eating for breakfast. Like if it's just regular cereal, you know, that's not going to hold you. I doubt it. I sort of seem like that's not maybe your listeners. Um, but mm-hmm. who knows? To each their own. No judgment. No judgment, guys. I don't know. Eat all this really wants. <laughs> I just can't buy it because it's danger food for me. Um, <laughs> You'll eat the whole box in a setting. Well, according, yeah. Um, I, I would just say have a snack because yeah. again, it'll hold you over till noon and then you don't have to worry about being starving. Right. Or, I mean, if you want to eat your lunch at 11 or 1130, no judgment. I mean, eat when you're hungry, if you know, but don't like Kristen said before, don't get blood sugar blackout. And then you're reaching for whatever you can find. Yeah. And you're not capable of making a sound food decision. Yeah. And it also could be, if you're eating a decent breakfast and you're hungry, you know, a couple hours after, I mean, I don't know your metabolism, but my guess is you could be bored. You could be bored at work, you know, like, don't you think, cause boredom tricks your mind into thinking it's hungry and you're not you could be thirsty. They might yeah, just you could be water. thirsty. Yeah. So pound a glass of water, wait mm-hmm. five minutes and then maybe go get a banana. Um, all right. Jamie from Instagram asks, I like to drink juice or sometimes make a smoothie in the morning. Do you think juicing is good or bad? Um, mm. I don't, I don't think it's bad necessarily because there's some nutrients in it, but by juicing, you eliminate all the fiber, which is the part that keeps you full from eating fruits and vegetables. Mm-hmm. The, so if you want juice, like if you want juice as part of your meal and you do fresh juicing, juicing, excuse me, then have some food with it too, you know, whole grain toast with nut butter, something that is going to sustain you because otherwise it's just basically a hit of sugar. Yeah, exactly. And your sugar levels will spike and then you're going to fall exactly. into the coma probably in about a half an hour. So mm-hmm. yeah, unless it's just straight up kale and celery, then, you know, and I mean, lemon. It's going to contribute a lot in the calorie department either way. So yeah, yeah, no, it's true. Um, all right. Mike in North Carolina asks, I'm trying to drop some pounds. I work out at CrossFit four or five times a week, do a little cardio every day, but I love to go out and drink beer cocktails and eat whatever I want when I'm out. I'm not losing any weight. Is there a way I can still go out and live my life, work out and actually lose weight? What can I do? Mm. (laughs) You can go out less. (laughs) You can go out once a week, maybe twice. Um, you can have you know, one beer a day versus, I don't know how many beers that adds up to or what the dinner turns into, but if it's, you know, like two, three beers and a pizza, you know, here, all right, here's an awful sentence. I'm just going to say it. You can't out train a bad diet. Ooh, another, you are filling these quotes. I didn't didn't make that up. I don't know who said that originally, so I can't take credit for it, but it, it's unfortunately like the cold, hard truth. You can work out, you can go as hard as you want, but if you're just going to eat whatever you want, food and exercise are not an equal exchange. And it's so sad because you think that working out, you would see, like, you think that would be the most important thing, but really is it, what is it like 85% eating and 15% working out or something like that. And it's so sad because the working out things, it's so hard to motivate yourself to want to do it. The eating thing though, I got that down real well. No problem there. Okay. Well, Mike, we can talk more. Um, May in California asks or says supplements, good or bad? If good, what should I take? 
That's a huge, like wide spectrum question. Um, D3, always in B12. Yeah, <laughs> my doctors always like take those. Multivitamin, yeah, a multivitamin is probably so all I take essentially is a multivit a multivitamin and um for half the month I take 5 HTP which is a precursor to serotonin and it keeps me sane mm. um but I don't um I don't imagine she's talking about creatine or you know any of that stuff no, I don't think well, I don't know so we don't know if you if you happen like if you go to the doctor and they're like oh your d is a little low or something to that effect any any I think a multivitamin is the safest answer and probably mm -hmm. the only thing I would like feel comfortable recommending for a supplement because we're all so different. Mm -hmm. All those supplements, they're not, um, they're not run, they're not FDA approved, no. you mm -hmm. know, so there, there's no regulations on them. So you never know what you're getting. You have to really trust your resources and, and vet the product that you would be looking to take. So I don't want to, I just really hesitate to give any advice in that arena other than a yeah. multi- and if, you know, and if they're really concerned that their body is missing something, get a panel done. Just so uh, yeah. you know, if you think you're anemic, it's go for your, go for your yearlies. Yeah, I agree. And I, and the other thing that you said that I want to just dovetail on is that they, since the FDA is not regulating the vitamins, what you really do need to do is figure out a, where your vitamins are coming from. So I take Oh, what's the multivitamin? I got it online and it's clear and you can see the vitamin. Oh, I don't oh, know. What you're about. Um, no. Oh, ritual. <clears throat> yeah. Mm -hmm. So I take ritual, which they drill down on exactly where each part of the vitamin, the multivitamin, each part is coming from the place in the world it's coming from. Um, it's all about trusting that, but at least they're doing that much versus like a one a day. You don't know where the hell that shit's coming from. And again, you do, you take a vitamin, take it, take a multivitamin. And if a lot of times too, if you're eating a pretty good diet, you probably don't need as much as you think you need of everything. There's yeah. some differences, you know, New Englanders might be a little deficient in D, uh, but generally if you're about, if your diet is pretty balanced, yeah. You don't even, so I take a multivitamin, but I think it recommends two. And I only take half of it because mm. I eat reasonably well. I don't really see any reason to get like 15,000 IUs of yeah. any one thing, but it just seems a little bit overkill if your diet is, is decent. Well, cause isn't it true that you kind of just pee out whatever your body so, doesn't absorb for the, the most part soluble ones you do definitely, um, the fat soluble ones that's a little different. Like some of those, there's not, they're set. Those are set at the maximum curve to, they're kind of set to capture the, no, I don't want to say the lowest common denominator, but the person who might be the most uh, deficient in something, mm. but they are set at a maximum and we do need a certain amount every day. Yeah. I know what you mean. I know it goes back to go to your doctor, get a blood panel done first and foremost, and have your doctor tell you your PCP, whomever tell you, look, you, this might help you. Don't mm -hmm. just go into the vitamin shop and be like, I'm looking for a fix because it's you're going to get $500 later and you're just going to pee it all out. So, um, Molly in Georgia asks, should I really eat organic fruits and vegetables? Does it matter?
Okay. So question. Like the, what is it? The dirty dozen. Yeah. The ones that this, all right. So I personally shop for the thin skinned ones. Like I buy when I can blueberries, organic blueberries, apples, all the ones that are really thin and that there's probably more chance or risk to absorb chemicals, contaminants, whatever, but mm -hmm. things like bananas. I don't worry about bananas. I don't worry about oranges. They have a thicker skin. Mm -hmm. So if it's a budget reason, or if it just isn't available to you, like I do shop at a regular old grocery store and sometimes they don't have the organic option or I missed it because it's all thrown in together. It's not the end of the world, but I try to get at least the thin skinned veg. And mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. And, um, and like for veggies, like peppers, hot peppers yeah. are on the list this mm -hmm. year leafy greens if you can and washing them um yeah. before you eat them i think is is help is just a helpful thing lucina from instagram asks i love sweets oh this is for you i love sweets especially after eating dinner and lunch or lunch and dinner sorry lucia uh sometimes even just a bite of dark chocolate will do the trick but i love brownies did you write this question <laughs> it's a plant <laughs> but i love brownies cookies cakes you name it i like it when <laughs> okay this is so cute we just talked about this <laughs> um all right well, i like anything when it comes to sweets i want to lose weight but i don't want to lose the sweets do you have any ideas okay so you can have i would say and I don't count calories necessarily, but I do mindfully keep an idea of how much I'm consuming every day. And I leave the end of the day, roughly 200 calories, 150 to 200 for something sweet. It's usually most days it's some dark chocolate, but truthfully, it's more like three of the mini peppermint patties because that works for me. Those are my favorite. Yes, I love them. Uh, I love them. They, they're hands down my favorite. Uh -huh. so, and that usually satisfies. But then again, once a week, sometimes more, a bigger treat, not a huge treat, not like a whole cake, but a bigger, more satisfying treat. And I find that I, that keeps me because again, you're, you're only here one time. You're really just going to skip treats every day. You're going to skip no. chocolate every day for what? Why? No. If you're, if you're allergic, sure. Don't eat it. But other than that, for you. Yeah. Happy, mm -hmm. eat it. but yep. keep it in check most days and then give yourself a day where you really get to enjoy it. Want a brownie Sunday? Have a brownie Sunday. Have a brownie Sunday. How do you know how many calories to eat? Well, it's different for every person. Right. Um, Cause you don't want to go by the 2000 calories or 2,500 calories. Do you of whatever the, I mean, it FDA recommends or whoever. It, it really depends on how active you are. Um, you know, male or female, there's a huge difference there. We're all, you know, we all roughly need a certain amount just to function, just to breathe, blink, you know, heart pump, mm -hmm. you know, that's, believe it or not, probably half of our caloric needs are just the resting metabolic rate. And the rest gives us energy to go forward and do bigger things. So it is really, really different. Like I probably operate, I probably eat 2000 calories a day. Um, so maybe sometimes less, maybe sometimes more, depending on, you know, if I had a really hard workout and I'm just, yeah. I didn't need it. But you work out. I mean, you go hard sometimes, not sometimes, a lot of times when you're working out and you're also, when you're working out with clients, you're working out too. And so, you know, like it's not, like not indirect, clients, but the classes, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The classes we do. Yeah. yeah. That's, you know, uh, I, I do, but even, you know, even people who work out moderately, 
I would say don't necessarily factor your workout into your calorie. Mm, Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you're trying to create a deficit, especially the class that you just took or the lift that you just did, or the three miles that you just ran, don't, don't be like, well, I just gave myself 300 calories. Don't do that. Those are, those are gone. Those are gone. You Unless burn. you're maintaining, if you're trying yeah. to maintain, then that's a different story. You're trying to bulk up and that might be a different story. I don't know. And there are, um, I would say if anyone's really curious how many calories they need, there are mm-hmm. online calculators and they're fairly accurate. They'll ask like your height, your weight, your activity level. And it'll give you a, and it'll give you like, do you want to lose? Do you want to gain? Mm. Do you want to maintain? Now, um, those ones that say like, do you want to lose? No, and then Ryan, let's just leave that. And I don't want to get too complicated in that answer, but there are calculators that are fairly accurate that'll give you a good baseline number. Okay, great. We'll link to maybe one on the in the show notes. Um, all right. Alana in the UK asked, I love international questions. I feel like there's so many do's and don'ts with exercise. I want to get back into it, but I don't know where to start. And honestly, how much do I need to do in order to lose weight? Yeah, the so again, that's gonna vary from person to person. If you don't work out at all, even a modest amount of working out, you should see a little bit of change. You know, if you go from nothing to three workouts a week, you know, cardio and strength training, I would, and it may not result in um, complete weight loss right away, but you might see your body composition change. And sometimes that's more satisfying. Mm -hmm. You can weigh a certain amount and look one way for a couple of months. And then after strength training, it's the same body weight and look like a totally different person. And that, and that can be, you might not even want to lose weight after you see what strength training can do. So it, it, it does vary. And it also really varies in the workout that you're going to do. Like if you do yoga three times a week, that's great for you. It's still exercise, but it might not get you exactly what you're looking for. Um, that's a tricky question. Cause I feel like we need this to be a call-in show. So I can ask, what are your goals? Yeah. Tell me about you. Exactly. No, I, no, I know. I know. Well, Alana, if you want me to connect you with Kristen, she'd be happy to uh, chat with you further. Oscar from Facebook asks, and I like this question. Will lifting weights bulk me up? My main goal is to slim down. What should I do? Well, do you see boy or girl? Because way of Oscar. Oh, uh, okay. So, which is know, why I liked it because a lot of it's like a stereotype exactly, that guys yeah, would exactly. want to bulk up, but he doesn't want to bulk up. And that's okay. Yeah. Um, so, there's it depends on how much weight you're lifting, how consistently you're lifting weights. Like, if you don't want to bulk up, you know, maybe you do three full body workouts a week at the mid weight range from, you know, like mm-hmm. I would say three, you know, sets of 12. So moderate sets of 10, moderate weight. So it feels like work by the end, but it's not, you're not like grunting and grinding it out. It's not so heavy that it's serious work or Mm -hmm. so light that it's basically cardio and you're just whipping through it. Mm -hmm. It, That I would say, yeah, stick to a mid range and maybe stick to like full body compound workouts Mm -hmm. versus doing splits, you know, working out five days a week where one day is only back and one day is only Mm -hmm. left. That's of a, I don't even want to call that a bulking workout because I don't believe that's the case either, but it will certainly like end up getting you more defined results. Mm, It's a good way to put it. And I think bottom line, don't be scared of lifting weights. It's actually almost not a quicker means to the end, but like you want muscle because muscle's going to burn fat. Exactly. And like you, the number on the scale, like you said earlier, 
does not tell you exactly how fit you are, you know, like, so, because exactly. the number might not change, but like you said, your pants are probably a lot looser because you've bulked up, like not bulked up, but you're know, like, you're turning that old fat into muscle, which is then just going to be like a little furnace for you to keep burning. Um, Christine in Massachusetts asks, I work, asks, I work out cardio and lift weights, but I'm not seeing the results I want. I want to get more defined muscle. What can I do to achieve this? Wow. That's so fun. Those two are together. I know. And that's perfect because it segues into one. Well, yeah. We don't know what she's doing for workout no. lifting or what her cardio is or what her eating habits look like. But, and I, like, I would say in her case, this would be a great time to actually go to a split. Like you want to start seeing a little bit of definition. Mm. That's when you do like Monday is legs, Tuesday is chest and back. Wednesday is, you know, this and Friday is that, or whatever the case may be. You can break up, look up traditional splits on the internet and you'll get a whole billions of workouts to follow, mm. but they break it down. You can follow a whole mesocycle and it'll bring definition. You'll lift a little heavier. You won't get huge. Um, and you'll get some definition. What's a mesocycle. That's like a good um, Scrabble so word. There's, there's in strength training, there are these cycles where you, you do like, this is some meathead speak we're getting into now. I love it. Yeah. Meathead. Right. Let's, let's take a creatine. Turn my lights on. All right. So you would have like three different distinct cycles. And the first one would be the more, like we just talked about, Oscar wants to get strong, but not be bulky. Mm -hmm. He's going to be doing like it, his cycle would be like, the first cycle would be four weeks at, you know, three sets of 10 to 12 reps mm. and a, a base strength building workout. Then the next cycle would be four weeks at much heavier, longer, like longer sets, shorter reps, like five sets of five with a pretty heavy load. So the first one, you're priming the body, like you're building a little base muscle, you're working on mechanics and form. The next one is a bit of like, you're going to eat all the chicken and lift mm. all the things. Mm -hmm. And then the last one. So this would be like, if you're really going to change your body, like soup to nuts and you're mm. like really going all in the last one. And this would be my least favorite one would be like four weeks of four sets of 15 reps, like lighter. I thought you were going to say mountain climbers. <laughs> you no. mean mountain climbers. Yeah. Four, yeah. four weeks of, four that weeks would of just mountain climbers. crying and swearing the whole time. Yeah. yeah. It would be awful. Oh I would God. never do that workout. Ever. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> but that would be like four sets of, you know, 15 reps. And this is like, I'm really talking like classic, classic meathead speak right now. Mm -hmm. But, you know, sometimes that stuff has been around for a long time for a reason, because if you really want to like get to it. And then the other reason why they're effective is that's 12 weeks of training. Right. Right. So if you can, you can kind of put, or you can make it a little longer, like six weeks of each cycle. So that you get a little comfortable in it and there's room mm -hmm. to kind of build in the cycle. Like you're not going to start out with five sets of five reps of your max loads right away. Like that takes some, some time to build up to, but that's an interesting way to really change your body strength mm -hmm. training. Of course, you know, your eating habits have to follow suit. It can't be like, I've been working this cycle and eating pizza every night. You're not going to get <laughs> yeah. anywhere. No. Uh -uh. Well, you might get somewhere, but you won't be getting there fast. Exactly. I mean, <laughs> you can bulk. you'll bulk all day. Like I, I like the, there is an old, another old meathead term called dirty bulking. And it's when you like eat like a beast and just work out super heavy, but it's not, it's not, um, 
Always. Sounds like something like a football player would do. Yeah, I wouldn't advocate for that in any situation. No, again, that goes back to dieting. We don't exactly. advocate dieting. We don't advocate meathead speak. Mm-hmm. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> um, Mina in Chicago asks, I know I should, air quotes, exercise more, but I just can't. I know all the benefits I could be gaining from exercising more, but I just don't want to. Girl, I hear you. Do you have any tips on how I can convince myself to do more? I think that's something we all want tips on. Great question, Mina. There are lots of people who don't like to work out who actually, truly, I would wager that most trainers are in business because no one would do it if they were left to their own devices. So my best advice is to put some money on the dotted line. If you're paying for it, you're going to it. And that'll get you in the door. Even if you like, you join a gym and you start going to classes with a friend. I know it's COVID. I understand that, but like, you know, we're the end is in sight in the COVID life, I think. Or if you sign up for an online group with a friend or on your own and you put some money down, it might make you more inclined to just getting your butt in gear and doing it. And then furthermore, once you get going, even if you don't like it, you might like the results. Results. You'll feel better after. I guarantee it. No one's ever worked out and been like, "Ugh, should have skipped that." Um, it's a lot like doing the dishes or any other chore that you don't want to do, but you do anyways, and you're happy you did. So true. And the other thing, I mean, I can definitely attest to, as we've all said in our workout group, that there has never been a single workout I regretted ever, ever in my mm-hmm. life. And sometimes that the extra little motivation is maybe you get a new pair of workout shoes, or maybe oh. you get a new pair of workout leggings or a cool new out like workout outfit where you're like you feel sexy you feel good and you're like I'm gonna go and look good and I'm going to feel good and playlist out in the world yeah a new playlist Make yourself a playlist yeah music is key yeah and if like, getting you in the door and getting moving yeah and if you're trying to work out before work I used to and this might sound gross might not I don't know I used to wear my workout clothes to bed sometimes to get, get to myself to the gym because then I'd already be in them when I would wake up (laughs) and like maybe just throw on a different tank top and like grab my sports bra. But like, because I was going to the gym at four 30 in the morning. So I, right. So I needed like a serious kick in the butt to get me going in the morning. That was when I had to go before work, but not anymore. All right. I just want to add a small disclaimer that when it comes to fitness and nutrition, especially what you eat in a day in and day out, it is highly individual. And sometimes what works for you might not work for someone else or vice versa. And I know I had some serious thoughts on varying diets that when I say that, I mean, in a ser- in the mode of serious restriction, reducing what you eat on the daily and being more mindful, I would not call serious restriction. So you can definitely lose weight making small changes over the long haul. I'm just not advocating for the more harsher versions like all or nothing juice cleanses. I just don't think they're the long-term answer, but there are a million and one reasons why that might be the answer for you. So don't let me rain on your parade. Nicely put sister. Um, Ellen from Facebook asks, what do you think about counting calories or programs like Noom and Weight Watchers? Um, so for some people, I think they're great. If I, what I like about Noom and Weight Watchers is I like that it teaches portion control and, you know, mindfulness around eating. And I like, I don't, I mean, I don't love, I know Noom has like a red light, green light, yellow light. I, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, and I, I don't really love 
I don't count calories either, but for some people it really works. Like it really keeps them on track and they can control it. For other people, it gets into a weird gray area of almost like disordered eating or too much restriction and mentally it's not good for them anymore. But if it works for you and it keeps you sane, it keeps you on track and it keeps you happy in your skin, go for it. Yeah, I agree. Just you know, I don't, I don't count calories because it stresses me out. It makes me really anxious. I'm like, that's all I can have today. And then I'm off on another track that doesn't work for me. What works for me is understanding what a portion looks like and sticking to it because portion control I'm good with counting calories. I'm not all of a sudden I'm like, what do you mean? I can only have half a chicken breast because that's this many calories. But if, if I know a portion is half, I'm like, oh, that works for me. It's plenty of chicken. Right. 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 And also like you said before that if you had a hard workout and you're hungry and you're really genuinely hungry and you eat the half a chicken breast and you're still genuinely hungry yeah. 10 minutes after eat more, yeah, eat, eat more. A more and that's yeah. okay. Yeah. And if you decide like me that right before we got on this call, I didn't want to make dinner tonight. So I went and drove an hour round trip to get fancy pizza from someplace. And when I picked the fancy pizza up, I realized it was enough for eight people and it's just me and my husband. So I decided without feeling stressed or anything, I did get a salad. I did get a salad. I am going to freeze at least two thirds of the fancy pizza and just keep it in the freezer now that we can, he can pull it out when he wants something later. All right. So I think we need to do one of my favorite questions of the, any call. What are you excited about? about currently making in your own home kitchen right now? Well, I already touched on it, but I am weirdly excited to make that hummus pasta. I <laughs> weird, but I think it's going to be good. Um, and is then, it, what is it? Is it literally just warm hummus and angel no, hair? Tell no, me. Well, no, you like saute onions and garlic uh-huh. and add some spinach. And then you take a cup of hummus okay. and a cup of the pasta water. Uh-huh. And then you, yeah, pasta water, the secret ingredient. And then you whip that and then it makes like a, and I guess creamy sauce. Yeah. You could add nutritional yeast, I guess. I'm gonna skip that. I mean, I don't mind that stuff, but I'm going to skip it. And then you fold in the angel hair. Uh, Ah, I don't even really like pasta all that much, but for some reason I saw it on the internet and now I have to have it. I literally think about pasta almost every day. And if I didn't, oh man, I'm so for it. Like I have to look at what we're making for dinners. Like I was just telling you earlier how I was making, starting my grocery list and I looked down and I'm like, oh shit, I've got pasta four times that week. Like I got to, we got to move some stuff around, throw on a salad, something. I just, and I like any, like I'm from an Asian pasta to an Italian pasta and everything in between the pasta. Yeah. I just, I can't get enough of it. Rice noodles, regular noodles, any kind of noodle. I'm your girl. I like a pasta. Okay. Anything else? Hmm. Hmm. Can't really think of anything super interesting. I've been a little boring in the food department lately. Just quick dinner. Yeah. Like, You're busy. You're really busy right now. Like lots of quesadillas with leftover chicken or mushrooms and scallions. You know, it's not, I'm not being, I, and I love cooking too, but it's been a little boring. Yeah. No, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, all right. So how can people find you? Talk about you, your favorite topic to talk about. And I'm saying that very sarcastically because <laughs> she, this is good. She's going to be on the struggle bus for a second. Go ahead. 
Yeah, it is awkward. Okay. <laughs> okay, let me start. She's amazing. She's a vivacious redhead, and I've known her for 25 years, and I love her to death. Okay, now you go. Thank you. That makes it much easier. Uh, I'm a trainer. I have a studio in Kittery, Maine. Um, I do some online classes. Mm-hmm. Um, I do a little bit of nutrition coaching. I went to school for nutrition, and I'm a nutrition coach, but minimally. So if you're interested in that, I minimally do that. And uh, I don't, do I have anything else to report? Yeah. What's your website? Right. Um, oh my God. Let's just go to my Instagram page. I have an Instagram page, which I don't really post that much. (laughs) It's just Kristen Smontras. I'll link to, to, can I link to your website? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have a website. That's going to do it. All right. I'll link to her website and her Instagram page. And I'll also add her email in like I did last time. So you can get a hold of her. Um, and I, again, will attest to that. I do her workout classes twice a week and they're fabulous and they've changed my life and I love her more than life itself. So there you go. So I, I Who truly... needs anyone when I have you, that's all. That's oh, perfect. I know I'm your girl. All right. Last question. Last question. If COVID wasn't a thing and you had oodles and oodles and oodles of noodles of money, where would you go and what would you eat? Mm. Um, I think I would go to Mexico City and I would eat like chili quiles, like traditional, <sighs> you know, saucy, loads of tortilla chips. Oh, it's my favorite. That's like my favorite Mexican breakfast. And the first time I had it was when I was living in Southern California. And I'm like, what's a chili quiles? And oh. they're like, it's like tortilla chips and eggs and it's like a, it's like a breakfast nacho, sort of. Okay. It's yeah. not a breakfast nacho. It's a thousand times better than a breakfast nacho. And it's like, oh man, that's what I want for dinner now. It's so Damn. good. I haven't had it in years, forever and ever. <sighs> we need to make this dream happen. I love you so, 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 so much. Thank you again for doing this. Um, I'm sure we'll have to have you on again. Cause my God, we got a million listener questions this week for you. So, which makes me really proud that people are out there caring. Yeah. The, about people want to know. Yeah. And they want, they want you in their lives. So there you go. They it's like a win-win for us all. I love you so much. I'll see you. you. Yeah. Bye. I love you Bye. too. Kristen. Thank you so much for being on the podcast again. I love you, sister. You're such a great friend, a mentor, and somebody I lean on all the time for inspiration. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I will link all of Kristen's information in the show notes. If you're in the Portsmouth or Kittery area and you're looking for a personal trainer, someone to inspire you, to talk fitness, nutrition with you, please hit her up. If you want to join our virtual workout group and you're not in the Portsmouth area, but you love fun music, laughing and really 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 cool chicks well you need to come and join us anyway thank you again Kristen. you guys thank you so much for listening look at my website for all the show notes elizabethrfuller.com if you want to work together hit me up on there if you have any questions for the podcast dm me um, at instagram let's go on a food adventure or shoot me an email for the podcast let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com As always, lead with kindness, make some yummy food this weekend, and I'll see you next week, guys. Bye!